In this episode, we're going to talk about not wasting your time, not wasting your precious heart debating or explaining to someone who's committed to misunderstanding you. That can be toxic. And baby, you don't deserve that. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Freed Hearts podcast. She is... Susan Cottrell. <laughs> and I am Robert Cottrell. Gotcha. <laughs> God, let's switch things around there. See if you're listening. Um, well, we just first want to thank you all. Um, we've received such incredible feedback on this on this podcast, and we're so thrilled to do it. We've we've gotten we've gotten funny comments and we've got great questions, and everything has been so encouraging. Someone recently said that this is their uh, the date night that they have as they listen to our podcast. Uh, and then someone else recently said in response to us taking a break over the holidays, well, I don't have any reason to run now because I have no podcast to listen to. So we're sorry if this is having an, a negative impact on your physical health. We're, <laughs> we're going to, but we really, we hope that this sounds as fun as it is for us because yeah. we are, we're really enjoying this. We, yes. we love visiting with you. It's like we're just, and we want it to be like we're just sitting around the table talking. And we uh, hopefully we're talking about things that are connecting with you uh, in a variety of ways as a parent, as an LGBTQ person, as re- as reconciling faith issues, as deconstructing your faith, as uh, all kinds of things that that we talk about and the intersectionality of all of it. We we hope that it's it's fun to listen to, uh, but I guarantee you it's certainly more fun to do. <laughs> we are we are having a blast. Yes, we're having a very blast. much. So today we're going to talk about something that uh, we're going to talk about not wasting your heart explaining yourself or explaining your child. We have been on this journey for more than 10 years and we still get almost every day the same questions, the same comments as we have as we got over a decade ago. And we know the same is probably true of you. You're getting asked the same things, the same things are being said to you and it just gets to be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. At times, you wearing and I and I, I don't know why I feel compelled to still feel compelled to answer everyone. I've learned not to answer everyone. We'll tell you why in a little bit. But um, uh, you know, you just think, ah, come on, man, think through this. Let's. Are we still there? Have we not grown? And and we have grown. Things of you know, marriage equality has changed. The conversation about conversion therapy. So much has happened over the past decade, and we hope that we that we continue to see change in the human conversation on love and inclusion. But today we want to talk to you again about about not wasting your time, not wasting your heart, debating or explaining to someone who is committed to misunderstanding you. Because as uh, Susan said in the open there, it can be toxic. So I'm going to read an email that Susan received recently, and then you're going to read your response. Yeah? Yes, that's great. So here's the email. It says this. Dear Susan, I asked my uncle about your opinion on LGBTQ stuff, and he said this. God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. He created a man for a woman and a woman for a man, and there is never an in-between. Susan, I have a question for you. If priests and all these godly people who have been alive for 60 plus years, why don't they see your side and agree with you? Because there's probably more to the story. So I'd like to know if there's something not being said in your argument. 
Sincerely, Cameron. So here's how I responded. I said, Cameron, that's the humorous part of all this. There are so many theologians who agree with me. Just Google gay-affirming pastors. The debate has been over for 30 years. What keeps it hanging on is bad teaching, like what your uncle is saying. He is absolutely ignorant of all the movement that has been made. How many clergy and theologians are affirming? He just doesn't know. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve? Really? That doesn't even stand up at all. Do we just step over the hundreds of years of patriarchs who had multiple wives and concubines? (laughs) Is your uncle saying that they are wrong or that it was not God's best? Well, it was God's best enough for God that God gave them those women, the Bible says. And when Jesus mentions it in the New Testament, he's answering a question of the religious leaders who have instituted no-cause divorce, something America instituted in the 1970s, and it really hurt women and children, which is exactly, it it hurt the less guilty party in the marriage, Mm. which is exactly why Jesus told them, you're not going to make marriage a revolving door. Oh, and there's absolutely something in between. Your uncle doesn't know about intersex people, does he? So right off the bat, he's wrong. He doesn't realize that there are plenty of intersex people born with a a penis and testes and also a uterus or born with a vagina and also testicular tissue. That's true, even if he doesn't know about it or if he denies it. I say this not because I want him to be wrong, but because I want you not to be pulled off course by his opinion. And that's all it is. It's an opinion that he internalized from church teaching, etc., all that goes with it. But to go down that tunnel will only hurt you and waste your time. I could go on and on, but instead, I want to tell you that I recommend you don't talk to your uncle about this unless it's to refer him to resources, which I bet you $5 he won't read. From my many years' experience doing this, I'm willing to bet he has no interest in learning anything, only telling you what's up. It's not worth your precious heart and soul to try to talk to him. Instead, I recommend you read my blog, my resources page, find others who have taken the same stand, which I have all there on my resources. Um, So when you said, you know, There's probably more to the story. There is. There's plenty more. So find out. There's a great little book called The Children Are Free, written by two pastors. They line it all out. But start with my blog posts and and the resources page, and that will lead you to others as well. There are a lot more than just me saying this. It's much easier for someone in the Christian bubble to shoot the messenger than to wrestle with this message. I've seen it a million times. But don't risk your heart, beloved. That will only drag you way down. Yeah, don't risk your heart. It will only drag you down. You know, I want to go back if we can and Mm -hmm. talk. It was really good, by the way. Mm. I want to go back and not too snarky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was really good. Rain it in a little bit. (laughs) I want to kind of go back and touch on a couple of points here. Um, Because I think it helps us to understand when someone confronts us, questions us, backs us into a corner with what they believe is an unanswerable question. In fact, 
using that phrase, I want to point out that one of the series that you have on on the on our YouTube channel is uh, someone named Kevin DeYoung from the Christian Coalition. Gospel Coalition, maybe? Yes, uh, yeah, I think so. Um, had issued these 40 unanswerable questions uh, as to why folks were, were flying pride flags and, and their rainbow flags. And these questions were supposed to be be slam dunks as far as to help you realize how wrong you were if you were affirming of same-sex marriage. Uh, well, you answered every one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're pretty common questions. And that that video series is on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's called 40 Answers to 40 Questions. But I think it helps us when we're confronted with this to understand why people are responding. I mean, asking these kind of things. Yeah. So we don't feel, it helps us not to feel defensive. It helps us not to feel obligated to answer. Yeah. Um, my anger over the years has switched completely from being mm-hmm. angry towards the person asking the question to angry at the system that instilled the teaching. Yeah. Um, and that helps not all of a sudden get into a fight. Um, <laughs> but one point that you made early on is that, yeah, uh, as you say in your TED Talk, most Christians affirm, most Christians are affirming. Yes. yes. They just tend not to be the vocal denominations or the most vocal or the ones on the television networks. Right. You know, and I think a lot of them are plenty vocal, but they're not the ones picked up. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and the truth is that the the real theological debate on this has been over for decades. Yeah. It's not really a debate anymore, but yeah. but the the facts of original language, of context, of uh edit and translation history, all those kind of things have been out there and, and are coming out more and more and more. Yeah. So there's not really a debate on this. Right. The truth is that there is no condemnation in Scripture for someone who is LGBTQ or for same-sex relationships. Yes. So, Susan, why why does this keep hanging on? Why won't people realize this who are not affirming? Why won't they let go? What do you think? So, there are a few things going on. Um, we... The teaching has been so bad and so condemning. And if you remember the 70s with Moral Majority and Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson, you know, there was a teaching of contempt of LGBTQ people. Anita Bryant, remember that? And it was like an oil spill into the ocean and it hasn't been cleaned up. It's, we are cleaning it up. Well, it's We're funny. All in the process. Even now, you, you find fish and birds yeah. covered in oil for spills that were decades ago. Yeah, that's right. It just seeps everywhere. It's, it's so hard to clean up. It's impossible to clean up all the way. And uh, so all of that gets into our system. And then we're, you know, we were surprised when we cough up homophobia. <laughs> well, yeah, you swallowed homophobic teaching. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're coughing up. And so we have to recognize that people are really entrapped in this and they have no idea that this was a teaching that was given to them by somebody who decided to teach this for political gain. So the masses have been manipulated by teaching for political gain and they don't even know it. 
and they're throwing out their children in response to a teaching that was fed to them. That's the tragedy here. Yeah. And the fear is an indelible part of that. Yeah. Inextricable part of that. And so they're they're afraid to do anything otherwise. And they think they're thinking on their own. They think they're following God, but they're following a teaching that was given to them. Yeah. And I will I will say that most people like the uncle in this case and those who are approaching you about things like this, they are really just responding to the way they were taught. They really yeah. don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I will say that there are some religious leaders that absolutely know better. Yes. <laughs> they know exactly what's going on. Yes. But what's at risk? I mean, what's at risk for... Let me, okay. let me say more that there's yeah. that there's the other problem with that is that there's a a bubble an echo chamber you know and you and I experienced it when we were in that those churches where you look around everybody appears to be believing the same thing because you're not really allowed to speak up and express dissent so it appears to be that everyone is following the teaching they've heard and so you think well that that must be true and you there's really not an an open forum to ask the penetrating questions. You'll just be called a heretic or a, a rebel. <laughs> That's the word that gets pulled that. out right away. Or right. You're, you're a heretic. Forgetting that everybody that moved things forward were heretics mm. when they started. Jesus was a heretic to the religious leaders. So, yeah. You're in good, um, you're in good the, company. Yeah, but the bubble is, it's hard to see out of a bubble that you're in. And ever since news became a commodity and 24-hour news cycle, you know, we've, we've devolved into this polarized news that we don't even hear the same news. You know, we used to have like three newscasters and everybody in America heard the same news. And that all changed in the either 70s or 80s. Yeah. And so now you, whatever, you wanna, whatever you want, you can find someone to tell you that's true. Mm. I want to talk about, though, what is at risk if the non-affirming church, if Cameron's uncle says, says, wow, yep, we're wrong about this? A couple of things. <laughs> I mean, you talk about us versus them. Uh-huh. And us, there, there has to be a them mm-hmm. in order to, one, control the us. There has to be a them. To the scare fact the that they're, us. To scare the us into, into obedience. Mm-hmm. And them raises a lot of money. Right. Uh, and so there have common been... Common enemy raised a lot of money. Yeah, there have been a variety of common enemies of them's over over time. Right. The current one, in in part, is the gay community. Right. And those who are, are affirming. So if there's a shift, if the truth, if they admit that there's no theological debate anymore, if they admit that there's no scriptural condemnation for this, that they were wrong, all of a sudden they don't have them. Right. And right. everything falls apart. Yeah. Well, everything, all the constructs of these religious leaders and these religious institutions fall apart. Yes. And if everything you, else comes to life. Right. <laughs> if we look at, at Jesus' interactions with religious leaders of his day, he was pulling down their institutions. I mean, he was he was challenging and pulling out the fractured parts of the institutions and they killed him for it. So yeah. And today, you know, people like us and many, many people are speaking up against the institutions. But what's at risk, unfortunately, the way it's that whole bubble thing works is if you question, if you pull out a needle and poke it, you are outside the bubble and yeah. they, they make you pay 
for any noncompliance by being outside the bubble. It's funny, we, we've heard those kind of stories and things in what we would call cults. Yes. <laughs> you know, where, oh, you lose all your community or you, yes. no one will do business with you. That happens yes. in the evangelical mainstream yes. churches. You are, you're branded a, you know, a troublemaker or, or a heretic and you're not included. Yeah. You're not invited. You're not welcome. But like we've said many times, when you, the truth is when you do open that box, all heaven breaks loose Yes, and you start to, your eyes start to be opened and it's, and it's, um, it's scary for those controlling the box, and that's really what's at risk here. Yes. And that's why they push so hard. Right. Because everything that, all the power that they've built, all the control that they have is dependent on keeping people inside the box. Yeah. Well, when COVID was happening, in, in the beginning times, and we were recommended to not gather in large groups, and some churches said, they're not going to stop us from worshiping, we're going to gather well, why do you think that was so important to those preachers to do that? Why do you think? What happens every Sunday morning that only happens when you go to church? The plate is passed, and they stood to lose a lot of money yeah. if they didn't show up on Sunday. You don't think that's the influencer? Yeah. You bet. That was a big part. And I think also the part about losing, you know, it's like... Uh, you know, losing a bit of control when you have to let go as church leadership, your people are out there and you don't get them sitting in the pews every yeah. Sunday morning, being able to influence them directly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Can't, you can't let them mature. Yeah. yeah. You can't let them yeah. grow in their faith. So we say this in this context to help you understand that this is what you're coming up against. It's not just your uncle's ignorant opinion. That, right. you're, that you're trying, well, if I say the logical thing, right. then they'll change their mind. You're coming right. up against so much more a than whole, that. A yeah. whole tapestry. Yeah. 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 Woven together tightly. Yeah. In the middle of the email, and we won't get into this because we have in the past, but you talk a lot, you talk about Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, and Jesus is addressing a question on divorce, things like that. The summary of that whole section to me is that like we've said many times, that there is no condemnation in Scripture for homosexuality or for consensual, loving, same-sex relationships. Uh, there are some great resources, the 1946 movie that's coming out, so shout out to them. Uh, some, your own books, Radically Included, and Mom, I'm Gay, and True Colors, and, and many other books on our resources page. If you go to freedhearts.org, and I click on the resources tab. There's a lot of links and information to help explain what every passage says that is being thrown up to you. And I don't necessarily recommend that you read that so you know how to respond. Because again, if they're not willing to listen, it doesn't matter what you say. Right. But uh, if you wonder for your own peace of mind, you should know. Yeah. And, and you'll wear yourself out. A good way is to... If you think someone may be sincere, if they're not sincere in their question, then say, I don't think you really want to hear an answer. I'm not going to yeah. waste my time. I'm not going to spend my heart on answering something you're not wanting to hear. Yeah. If they say, oh, absolutely, I do. I want to hear. I want to know. Then give them one thing. I and if their respond, response yeah. is, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Oh, really? 
then you can go further if it's, well, what about, right. say, you know, I, I just gave you one and you didn't absorb it. So I'm going to not do this anymore. Yeah, we find that all it's the absolutely your prerogative yeah, not to do that. All the time. Someone will say, well, what about Sodom? And then you say, well, Ezekiel actually says that the sin of Sodom is a lack of hospitality. Yeah. And then their response is, well, okay, but what about, well, yeah. then they're not really interested. Or, right. or you say, well, the Bible says a man should not sleep with another or lie with another man. And you say, well, did you know that the original translation of that says a man should not sleep with a, a, boy. a boy? It was about pedophile and it was about abuse. And they go, oh, yeah, well, what about, you know? Yeah. So when you say something like that and they don't respond immediately with, wow, okay, huh. Didn't know that. If it doesn't even give them pause, doesn't literally make yeah. them pause to hear what you said and face it and absorb it, then you don't owe them anything further. Yeah. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your heart. If they're, if, and you can tell, you can find out very, very quickly if they're not even willing to have the discussion. Yeah. If there's no chance that they could be wrong if they don't even believe there's a chance. Yeah. And that's another thing that you're coming up against. We said, what are you coming up against? You're coming up against the cult of certainty. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. That this branch of the church teaches certainty. They don't want questions. They've got answers already. And so you're if you're confronting that cult of certainty, they don't want any part of that. So it's very hard to speak up. And we've had pastors, you said, you know, you know, pastors, a lot of them already know that they're they're wrong in what they're doing. We've had pastors say, but I don't know how to lead my people forward without losing them. So I just keep teaching this. Yeah. Like, wow. So I so this surgery is not working. So I'm gonna keep doing surgery. Well, maybe stop <laughs> and find another way because what you're doing is further damaging people. <laughs> I, get I know frustrated it's, it is maddening. I know. I care about the people that are being hurt. That's why that's the frustration you hear in me. Is how many times do we have to say stop hitting people? You know, stop bullying people. Yeah. And just using and, uh, God to justify it. Yeah, and we've talked about us versus them. Us versus them is binary thinking. Yes. There's us and there's them. And in your in the uncle's comments and in your response to Cameron, you talk about the in-betweens. A lot of what he talked about was binary thinking. Yes. Well, there's male and female. I just dealt with this. I just dealt with this today. Yes. With someone. And it, it was like, well, you know, God God created man. And it's like, well, is God male? Or is God female? Or is God neither or both or all? Because it said God may... So if God created Adam in, in God's own image, then what is Adam? <laughs> you know, it start. Well, you know, yes. In other words, God created them in God's own image, male and female, God created them. And so God is male and female. You look at those words, God is male and female or and, and all genders. That's what the whole thing, there was, I was just reading something today from um, my friend Gail Evers, who's a brilliant pastor. <laughs> and she said, those rhetorical devices that say God created day and night, God created the mm-hmm. male and female, all of those binaries are a rhetorical device that means and everything in between. God created male and female and everything in between. God created day and night and dusk and dawn and 
twilight and all and the in land between, and the sea in the land and the sea and all the marshes and the, the beaches and all of that. So that is what that means. So when Jesus repeats it, God created male and female, citing that it it includes and all in between and and to say well there's there's no in between is reveals that you don't know about intersex or you're denying it or you're saying Jesus didn't know about it because Jesus knew yeah. about intersex, right? And that's a, a real fact thing. I feel like I'm at this point saying the earth really isn't flat. It's, it's round. <laughs> there really are intersex people. Yeah, I just, yeah. Th- this is this binary thinking is part of why it's a waste of a waste of your time and we don't want you to waste your time and your heart. It just becomes yeah. so, so frustrating on this. So, so part of it is, is the binary thinking that, that covers us, them, male, female, day, night, yes. land, sea. And I said intersex, I use that as the, like, um, you know, the ace card, because I, I also, it also includes transgender people from all range of transgender and gender nonconforming. But I say intersex because that's something that if people are willing can see, oh, I see, that is somebody who was born intersex that's clear as day. And so it, it just argues for the whole category of all the in-between that it's yeah. not binary. It proves that it's not binary. That's why I pull intersex. But transgender, if you understand transgender, just as much proves there's not a binary. Yes. That binary construct is, it's a construct. Well, yeah. And if it's not binary, it doesn't fit. It's it's hard to label as them. Right. You know? Yes. And that, there's so a very this all narrow works, yeah. box yeah. for those who fit within <laughs> that, you know, evangelical whatever category and that's never changed over time right (laughs) (laughs) Right. you weren't sure if i was serious or not were you it it changes all the time it's always you know what's in the box you mean well them gets redefined all the time right remember when divorce was right you know left-handed you could have your hand cut off i think i don't know demon possessed if you were yeah you got you know murders of witch if you didn't toe the line and i know a lot of you know this and and have heard this and we and we say because I know for for me, and I'm on social media. It's 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 a main part of where our message is. Every day I hear it, and I know you do too. I know you hear this stuff. I know you hear this stuff all the time. You're asked these questions over and over again, and you feel like, Good Lord, I just answered this question <laughs> for somebody else. And and so we want you to just remember that a lot. Most of what's behind these questions is ignorance, and I don't say that in a in a pejorative. Yeah, yeah. It's um, just it's just it is what it, it is. They not, don't know. Yeah, they don't know. Now, when they do know, hopefully they'll do better. But that's not up to you. If they don't, then you yeah can but, change your feelings. But you're them. coming up against <laughs> a patriarchal system of of uh, binary thinking and teaching that is based on an us versus them teaching of contempt. And it's, it's a house of cards and they're not, they are going to do everything they possibly can not to let you yank a card out and have the whole thing come tumbling down. Yes. We see that it is folks, folks eyes. We have thousands, tens of thousands of parents out there whose eyes have been opened, who are, 
who have brought about incredible change in their churches and their communities. And we're seeing that happen. And that's wonderful. And that's why we do what we do to change the human conversation mm-hmm. on love and inclusion, to set hearts free, to love and be loved as you all deserve. But on a daily basis, as you're interacting with, you know, Uncle Don, we, um, you know, crazy Uncle Donald, we 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 don't want your heart to be hurt. Yeah. And so we we wanted to do this episode just to just to remind you of kind of what you're com- coming up against and to encourage you to try to find try to find out if there's any kind of opening for a change in their thinking and don't feel like you have to uh, reinvent the wheel so to speak you can send them to our resources page you can send them to other resources and if they want to follow up and read more, they can. If they don't, they don't. But then you're done with it. Right. You're, you're, you're not obligated to them. You are not obligated absolutely. to answer their questions. You can refer them if you want. And that's a kindness on your part. You're not obligated. Yeah. Because you don't deserve this, beloved. You, you, you know, to waste your time, to spend your time, to waste your time and your heart explaining yourself as part of the LGBTQ community or a friend, if, if you're an ally or your child, if you're a parent, it's it can be toxic mm-hmm. for you. It really can. And we don't want you to risk Not your heart. to tell you it's toxic. Yeah. We don't want you to have to risk your heart. So I would encourage you to, to kind of watch out, raise your radar a little bit and don't feel like you have to engage because people feel justified confronting you because their own box is being threatened. And they want to turn it on you instead of examine what they believe. And uh, the naked pastor, David Hayward, is a, is a great uh, cartoonist and, and has an incredible voice. He had a cartoon that we shared on social media recently. And it was, it was a person that was chained up to an exclamation point And the person who was tied to a question mark on a balloon floating up. Oh, wow. You I know, so... Though, you know, people that are talking to you about this have a lot of ex- exclamation points and are scared of the questions. Um, the church has made it so scary to examine what you believe, but actually it's absolutely beautiful. It's life-giving. Yes. And it's amazing the people who drink, cuss, lie, cheat, sleep around, whatever, all of a sudden are concerned about what the Bible says when they're talking about you. <laughs> Gosh. You know? And so yeah. just remember all of this. You know, you don't need to... We don't want you. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your heart. Don't give your heart. Don't give your effort to people who are committed to misunderstanding you. It can be toxic because you're all good. Your photo is on God's fridge. You don't need to defend. You don't need to explain. They're not worthy of your time or your heart. Don't let the ugly in other people steal the beauty in you. We love you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www dot freedhearts.org just come say hello and if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast things you'd like us to talk about reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org the music is provided by hannah cottrell our daughter the grammy nominated saint sinner and you can find out more about her at hey saint sinner 
www.thinkingmanlive.com. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.